junior absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Seven seconds. They got Benetarian range. I'll tell you what Tom Brady just did. Gives me goosebumps. What again for Tierney. Tierney's cross. Lucic, top of the circle, Horton, the drive score! The Bruins knock out the Bruins! Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Boston Sports Extra Podcast Celtics Edition. My name is Travis Babcock, and I'm joined here, as always, with my fellow Celtics analyst, John Vogel. John, we're here to talk about the funeral of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you ready to go? <laughs> I'm always ready to go, Travis. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah. Uh, Boston won last night 105-87, trouncing of the Sixers. Um, John, what are some of the first initial thoughts of the game that you saw out there? Uh, the first thing I, that, that really hit was, where was Kyrie? Right? Um. He could not hit anything. I was starting to wonder if he had forgotten how to hit the side of a red big a big red barn. Honestly, yeah. like he looks awful. He looks off. He was out of rhythm. You know, he wasn't passing like we normally do. But uh, and then Gordon Hayward, you know, the first half of the game wasn't really there either. Kind of came on later in the game, I thought, and looked much better. You know, yeah. as he sort. Yeah. Settle mm-hmm. with with Kyrie, man. I mean, the guy had seven points. Would you say that was Kyrie's worst game as a Celtic? I can't remember Kyrie just not disappearing like that ever. Um, and I I'm surprised he he scored seven points. I I could have sworn it was three. Yeah, he right. like I can't even remember seven points from Kyrie. It was wow. Like that's a shocking stat. He scored that <laughs> points. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, it's amazing though because a guy you take a guy with Kyrie who's coming back from from an injury and he dropped seven points in his debut, and the Celtics pull off an eighteen point win against their you know, quote unquote rival Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, and, and they scored one hundred and five. Yeah, they put up one hundred and five points. They held them to under ninety. They literally did offensively, defensively, all around 48-minute effort by this whole entire Boston Celtics team um, tonight. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it starts and ends with Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving did not show. Um, But what a performance as an all-around unit, you know, taking away from, like, you know, Kyrie's Kyrie's shortcomings. This team is scary good. And uh, I wanted to just touch on a a couple of these – a couple of these key uh, box stats here that I, uh, I really want to get into t- uh, Jason Tatum and Marcus Morris because Jason Tatum was on one tonight. Jason Tatum looked as confident as ever. He looked like Kobe Bryant out there, you know, doing those pull-up mid-range jump shots and crossing guys over and hitting them, you know, hitting them with a dirty tray in, the, in, their, in their eye and stuff. I mean, what do you think about Jason Tatum's game out there? Well, I kept thinking about you, honestly. Um, and I figured you were probably freaking out, probably screaming like a little infant schoolgirl. <laughs> but 
No, he was fantastic. He he did really well. Um, I mean, anytime you can dunk on Embiid and then break pretty much anybody's ankles on the 76er squad, you're having a great game. And he did all of that. He was just... I kind of told you, though. I told you to Kyrie, he was picking up those moves, and it was it was showing. Yeah, I mean, to me, Jason Tatum looked like the best player in that court. And that's yeah. that's saying something. When we have... All star starting point guard Kyrie on the team on the floor. We have Al Horford is an all star. We have Joel Embiid who might be, you know, one of the top three centers in basketball. Ben Simmons is going to be an all star this year. We have this this team. This court was loaded with talent, and Jason Tatum looked like head and shoulders like the number one player on that court tonight. Well, um, I'll say he looked like the number one player on the Celtics. I thought Ben Simmons was really incredible. He was okay, man. He still doesn't have that jump shot. Did you see? Did you see late in the fourth quarter when he did that? When he tried to do that pull around, that fadeaway, you know, back shoulder fade, and it just totally bricked off the side of the glass. Like, oh, he's not you, there. you mean LeBron struggles with too that shot? Oh, okay. <laughs> LeBron can't hit a three. Okay, Ben Simmons can't hit a three. He can't hit a mid range two. Doesn't need to. Uh, I don't know. In this league, uh, Jason Tatum's going to be better than Ben Simmons. That's not even a hot take. That's not even a hot take. But it's not a hot take. I I mean, I put that on Twitter because I said that he's a better overall player. Right. And I still got roasted for it. But I, I, I've i just – it's hard to it's hard to say Tatum looked like the best player on the court. I think he looked like the best scorer on the court. But Ben Simmons brought, you know, a whole nother level of, you know, with his rebounding. I think he had 14 rebounds, 20 points, 8 yeah. assists. Yeah, he finished with 19, 15, and 8. So, oh, yeah, 19, 15. So, like, he, like, that assist to Markel Fultz was a work of art behind the right. back on a dime. Yeah, you know, Ben Simmons fills out the stat sheet. Uh, he's a stat sheet stuffer, but, stuffer, but, I mean. Oh, my God. Do you really think he impacts winning? I mean, look what he did in the playoffs last year. I know we're getting sidetracked from the game here, but Ben Simmons, I mean, he puts up all these fancy stats, but he doesn't get the wins. You know what I mean? I mean, he can't he can't get over the hurdle of beating the Boston Celtics. He just can't. He hasn't yet. Joe Embiid after the game said, Boston kicks our asses. He's like, he's like, there's no rivalry here because every time we play this team, they destroy us. Ben Simmons is a part of that. Well, he still looked like the best player on the court to me okay. because of every, because he was just, he's everywhere. You know, he's moving the ball. He plays all the different positions. Now, if they can get some perimeter shooters on that team, some consistent perimeter shooters, you know, I, I don't understand why Redick didn't start, honestly, in this game. Uh, I think Redick probably should have. Uh, Fault needs to be more consistent. Yeah, huh? I was gonna say, isn't that a controversy there with Reddick and Fultz and what's gonna go happen there? Because yeah, I think I think Philadelphia feels almost you know obliged. They feel pressure, to start Fult. right? They feel pressured. They need to start their number one yeah. overall pick. But yeah, they spent they they get they spent the highest pick they possibly could on this guy, and he missed almost all of last year. Now he needs to start producing. And he dropped a sweet five points tonight or last night. And, and two of those came from Ben Simmons. <laughs> I am just saying. I don't know, man. 
it's it's funny, man, because they gave us they gave us that Kings pick next year, and uh, and you know we get we're we're punished, quote unquote, punished with Jason Tatum while they they got their prized possession in Markel Fultz. So, thank you, Philly. Hats off to you. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the defense. How great was that defense tonight? They held Philly to thirty nine percent shooting from the floor, nineteen percent from three. Philly dropped eighty five points in this game tonight. That's from a, a Philly team who will be a high-scoring, high-octane offense this year. They will be a good offense. And Boston made them look like a bunch of middle scores out there. Did, didn't I tell you this was going to happen? Mm-hmm. I think it was last episode you were sitting there, man, this defense, what's going on? And I was sitting there thinking, Travis, this is preseason. Like, yeah. a hold your horses. No, They're not going to put the effort in on defense because they – they don't want to twist their ankle and tweak it, or they don't want to, you know, pull a pull a hamstring or something because they're trying to defend in the preseason. Like, just go ahead and let them take their shots. It's okay. How sweet was that, Terry? Was your block on a uh, on Joe Embiid in the first quarter? Oh my goodness! I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. <laughs> he came out of nowhere, man. Rozier is all of what six three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy, man. I love it. Anytime, anytime a guy can get something on Embiid, I love it because he's just such a trash talker. I think it was what was also really funny is, uh, well, first off, it was when Jalen dunked, uh, Jalen Brown junked on uh, Embiid. There, I think it was the third quarter. Mm-hmm. That dunk was incredible, and then Jason Tatum came right back a couple minutes later and dunked it again. That was. Yeah. That was crazy. That, almost, that that showed the athleticism this team has and how they're going to be able to overcome the opposing defense, no matter how good it is. Jalen Brown is fearless. I mean, to do that, to not only to come straight at one of the most stout defending centers in basketball, seven foot one Joe Embiid, and literally just annihilate him, like basically posterize his face. Like that was, and that's Jalen Brown, right? He has no fear. He doesn't care. And he should have had a. He should have had a plus one too. But it should have been and one. I hundred percent. Going back to the defense, I'm sorry, I got you sidetracked. Yeah, you got me hyped on that Jalen Brown dunk. Well, that that defense was absolutely solid. It was intense, just like we've seen from Boston forever, you know. And and Gordon Hayward even Hayward had how many steals? Four. Uh, I want to say four. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was four, and there were two in like the first two minutes. You know, like he, even though he may not have contributed like we wanted him to see on offense, he brought it on defense. Yeah, Hayward's a whole Hayward's a whole conversation. Um, I think I think you're right. I think he he did his he did he played stout defense, and I think you're going to see that all year with Hayward. I don't think his issue is on defense. I think he's got a long way to go on offense. Um, like you said, he uh, finished with ten points tonight on three of twelve shooting. Uh, not great. He mentioned himself after the game that uh, he settled for a lot of weight, a lot of mid range, deep contested jump shots when. In a normal situation, when he was normally healthy before his injury, he would have taken it to the rim. He would have done a little bit something a little bit more aggressive, whereas he was being protective of himself this game, and he was just—he was a little more passive. You know, he wasn't—he wasn't 
he wasn't himself, and we we expected that. That's not that's expected, right? We knew Gordon Hayward wasn't going to come in and drop twenty five points in game one, um, and I think fans knew that when he hit that three at the end of the game, he hit that three for his tenth point, um, and then got a nice standing ovation, which was, I thought was fantastic. I I couldn't be happier with his debut, even if he dropped ten points. No, I I agree, and there's no reason why he shouldn't keep himself healthy at this point because. It's easy for us to look at a player on the court and say, hey, you should be playing better. You should be putting all your effort in. It's not easy to actually do it when you know last year at this time you were five minutes into the season going up to do what you do routinely in practice Mm -hmm. and pretty much every game to put a ball back in the basket and you just come down the wrong way. And your entire season goes, you learn how to walk again. I mean, like, I can't stress that enough. This guy had to learn how to walk again. Yep. He has to learn how to run again. He has to learn how to jump again. And, yeah, he's admitted that ankle isn't feeling right. As they mentioned in the broadcast last night, Mm -hmm. that he's not as explosive off of it. And that's very clear, you know, that it's still not quite there. And there's no reason he should be trying to push it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's there. Boston's deep enough. Like I've, we've talked about countless times, Boston's deep enough to handle any, you know, him coming in slowly, you know, getting a minutes restriction. It's his first time in his life he's ever had a minutes restriction. Brad has him on a 25-minute cap. Fair, right? People, there's plenty of bench depth on this team to handle. Um, hey, we're coming back slowly. Um, one thing I did miss on the Kyrie topic earlier, and I, I just kind of wanted to point out here, did you notice down the stretch of that fourth, late in the fourth quarter of this, this game last night? Um, we were up 11 points, a couple minutes left. I want to say it's about three and a half, four minutes left. Kyrie Irving was on the bench. Terry yes, Rozier, I did Terry Rozier was, was, the, was the guard to close this game out last night. I don't want to look too into that. It could, you know, it's just because, you know, he had a bad game and everything, but Kyrie did not look happy sitting on that bench. Uh, should he be? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, Rozier was having the much better game, so that kind of forced Brad Stevens' hand and to say, "Hey, we're going to run with Rozier here in the the late game." And it know, does, doesn't it play, doesn't it play into Rozier's comments about um, forcing Brad Stevens to keep him in? Like he's going to do everything he can to make sure Brad Stevens can't take him out. Well. <laughs> I don't think that plays so much into that because that that's more Kyrie's fault. Kyrie had the shot opportunities. You know, he was taking good shots. He just wasn't hitting them. And that's, I mean, we again, we talk about this like it's easy for us to say, why aren't you hitting those shots? Where Where are you? Everybody has a bad night, you know, and if Kyrie continues to have – Bad night after bad night after bad night. We're gonna have. That's when we should really start getting a little more concerned about it. Which which he won't. Ky- that's not Kyrie. It's Kyrie Irving's gonna drop twenty five against the Raptors. You know, I mean, like he's gonna be fine. It just for whatever reason. I don't know about twenty five. I, I just watched some of the Raptors game tonight against the Cavs, and I don't know. They're they <laughs> they look pretty solid over there. Kawhi uh, played had a really good game, and. Um, Kyle Lowry had a really good game. Kyrie, uh, I mean, uh, Lowry had a really nice um, defensive performance as well. Mm. Uh, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, 
and Colin Sexton were all guys he had to guard tonight, and he looked pretty solid against all of them. So, I mean. But Kyrie Irving is the kind of guard. <clears throat> he's that special talent. Top, top two-point guard in the league. He's the top type of talent. It doesn't matter who he plays. He produces. It's very unusual, extremely unusual for a game like this from him. That's, you know, it, it, it's this is a one in on a season type performance from Kyrie Irving. I know that's crazy, but it's true. Like Kyrie Irving is that special of a talent. He is the guy yeah. who gets his numbers every game. So I expect him to bounce back from this. But what is really special about this team is the fact that they could have a guy like Kyrie come out, perform like he did, and still do what they did to the Sixers. This team is insane. When I was when I was looking at the lineups and what Brad Stevens was doing, he basically was subbing in two of the all-star type talents on this team in and out of the lineup all the time. So basically he had uh, – what was it? He had Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown, right? And he would sub those in, and then when he would sub those out, Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum would fill in. So it's like no matter what, at all points of the game, they had – two big guys, big name guys, constantly hitting them. They never, Sixers never had a break all game because there's so much depth, so much talent on this roster. It was just pound, pound, pound. They never got a chance to finally get that that separation, you know, take advantage of some weak bench unit. That's not the case with the Celtics team. That's a really good point there. They are so, they are that deep and he, you are right. They had that talent constantly hitting them at every point. Every time they turn around, there was a new threat. And I think, I think that goes into what I was talking about last time. Is I, I told you he's got Brad Stevens has got some plan, and he and he didn't want to tip it in the preseason, so he kept everything extremely basic and simple. And I think this might be a big part of that plan: the whole lineup rotation, the way that they're adjusting uh, the lineups throughout the game. That's going to be – I don't know if there's another team that can afford to do that at this point right now in the East. Definitely not in the East. Definitely not in the East. Um, and that's that's what's going to make this team um, – when we talk about depth, think about, think about how it wears on a team for 48 minutes, and that's the key here. You're going to see a lot of games this year with this depth, John, where – Games will be tight. They'll be tight, 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 third quarter, tight. End of the third quarter, you're going to start seeing some separation. And then end of that fourth quarter, that's when Boston is really going to eventually break away. It's kind of like, you know, a good example. Let's take a football analogy here. It's kind of like, and I'm going to talk about my Cowboys here. Bear with me. Best offensive football over the last couple years. Here's what happens. That offensive line with Zeke Elliott, they pound, they pound, they pound. Yeah, sure, they'll get a few yards at a time throughout the game. But what happens is in that third and fourth quarter, that offensive line starts wearing down that defensive line, and then you're going to start seeing those big breakaways. That's when Zeke starts taking off. Similar back to basketball here, Boston with so much depth, so much talent, they're going to keep pounding this team with so like constant attack, constant attack. Eventually, they're going to break away. They're going to break out. And you're going to see this separation in that fourth quarter where they're really going to shine. Yeah, yeah, I can. I agree with that. Um. That's the, that is the importance of this team, honestly. That's what the entire season hinges upon, is how this depth works out. Talk about our boy, Marcus Morris. I know your boy, not my boy. 
Your boy Marcus <laughs> Morris. You want to talk about depth? How did he look tonight, man? Sixteen he, points, sixteen points, ten boards. He had a double double tonight. Or every every time the Sixers would start to put a run together, it seemed like every time that would happen, it was Morris shutting them down with a three. Every time. It was ridiculous. He was he was he had some swag out there tonight, did he not? He was, oh yeah, no. And and you know what you're talking about? I hope he knows his place. Oh, he knew his place. You would see him step down and he was just waiting for that chance to get that ball, knowing that once he got it, he was gonna drain it and Oh man. I know he had a couple misses there, I think in the second quarter, early second quarter that look kind of horrendous, but mm. golly, just, you want to talk about a momentum killer? That's what we saw all preseason. And then it transitioned into the regular season. And it's just one of those nice little things that, that popped in the preseason that continues on that you're like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted to see. I think if there's one thing Marcus Morris has always been good at, it's momentum killing. He's always been really good. And it both ways, both in Boston's favor and without. But we'll talk about yeah. that's what he did last night. Um, he, You're right. That's what he's done, especially in the third quarter. I've noticed towards the end of third quarters in games when Marcus Morris is in, that's when he does his damage. That's when he really just starts – he, like, turns that six-point lead into a 12-point lead right before the end of the third quarter. You know, bang, bang, bang. He starts hitting those threes and – you go into the fourth quarter and this game's over. You know what I mean? It's probably that 10 to 15 minute stretch on his uh, play sheet, his play yeah. card that is his most efficient time. Brad Stevens just gives him that time. He's like, Marcus, six minutes on, it's you. Green light. <laughs> go. <laughs> that's all he gives him. So that's why he sits there, sits there with his ball. Microsoft tablet, just <laughs> scrolling through it. Oh, Marcus is about to hit ten minutes. Okay, Marcus, you're the you're you're the guy we're rolling the offense through. Yeah, Marcus Morris, man. I you know if he can keep doing it, you know I, I kept thinking about your comment about him being you know potential six man of the year. Well, he's starting off great, right? Sixteen points, ten boards. He keeps that yeah. up, man. If he keeps doing this, crazy, he's I don't even. He wasn't even the sixth man, was he? He wasn't the sixth man, but I mean, you know, when we talk about bench players. You look up bench player stats, you know, with this Celtics team, is not going to be a traditional six-man. I feel like Brad Stevens can pull up Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart, um, or Terry Rozier, and he can pull any one of those threes off the bench. I don't think there's going to be a traditional six-man in this roster. I, I, I know I said it before that Rozier would be the six-man, but the more I think about it, Brad Stevens could just pull in one of the three. It doesn't matter who it is. It just depends on the matchup. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's why I say I think they have three six-men. And that's special. Yeah, yeah, that is. And you know, what's funny is I was kind of going through lineups and stuff, and there there was a team that I saw. I'm trying to remember who it was that had a lot of really good bench players, but their but their entire starting lineup were bench players. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I cannot remember who it was though. It might have been Milwaukee. Uh, wait, uh, you talking about recent history? Uh, right now, yeah, in the league right now. I think uh, Milwaukee had a lot of really good bench players. And outside of Giannis, it's a, it's a lineup of bench players. Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, well, you got Giannis and then Middleton's pretty good. But after Middleton, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much they – got, they got about eight guys, eight, nine deep. But you're right, it's like after the two, 
it's pretty much bench on, but decent bench. I would I would consider Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe, a little bit better than nah. Middleton. Drew Bledsoe, nah. Oh yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, he's not not Eric Bledsoe anymore. Terry Rozier changed his name for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so great win for the Celtics last night. Um, let's touch on the the Toronto game. Give a little look ahead, real quick, to Toronto since we got some time here. Um. What do you expect to see uh, when Boston heads into to uh, Canada? We're going to see something really, really smart from uh, Brad Stevens, honestly, with the with the way of that he's going to handle defending Kyrie. I mean, I'm not Ky- Kawhi. Um, honestly, I don't think Gordon Hayward is going to be a good option when it comes to defending against him with these one on one matchups. So I don't know what he's going to do. But I think he's going to make some sort of switch. I don't know if he'll adjust with the zone coverage or something, but he's going to do something clever to try to limit Kawhi as much as he can. The way I see it going down, especially on defense and Kawhi, I see a lineup shift where they're going to do switching because Boston's switch heavy on defense. They'll mm-hmm. probably have a defense where Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown are on help side with each other. So that way, at no matter what, when they switch off, because Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown are the two best defenders on this team right now. In my yeah, opinion. but you have to start Marcus Smart. You no, you don't have to. Well, I'm saying in in more of the clutch time situations, or because Marcus Smart's still going to play, you know, 25 minutes in this game. So right. when Marcus Smart's on the floor, I bet you that he'll run with Brett with Jalen Brown. The, the two will play a lot together, and they're just going to do switch heavy with the two. Because either what one are you going to do to start the game? You know, when you got all your to start the game, that's tough, man. Because Kyrie Irving's the point guard, so they're gonna have to, unless they... and you got you have to try to limit uh, Kyle Lowry already too. That's true, and it's always gonna be a little bit of a mismatch on defense with Boston off the start because Kyrie Irving is a sub defender. Um, so I'd imagine you know within the first few minutes it's gonna be a little bit of a problem, but after Brad Stevens starts switching the lineups around, where Kyrie's gonna be. Um, off the four when Jalen and, and uh, Marcus Smart are on the four, it won't be an issue. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you're going to see majoritively in terms of one-on-one play, a lot of Jalen Brown on Kawhi Leonard. Okay, that would be interesting. So I was I mean, trying to think, maybe would you would you switch, uh, would you even try to put Tatum on him? Tatum, <sighs> Kawhi Leonard's really crafty. He's a very crafty player. Jalen, oh, Jason Tatum is pro. Jason Tatum does get crossed pretty hard. There, even while, I think last night he got crossed up pretty. I don't remember who the guy was, but I remember there was some highlight about. Yeah, I think it was in the early portion of the game. Tatum got crossed. And the whole oh, bench like. Oh, that wasn't Ben Simmons. Now was it? Was it? Ben oh, Simmons? I think it was. I think it was <laughs> Ben Simmons. Well, my point, you know, my whatever, whatever, Ben Simmons, whatever. Uh, my point being, you know, J- J- Jason Tatum, he's a s- decent defender. But with a guy with crafty as Kawhi Leonard, he's going to get probably limited um, opportunity to guard guard Kawhi. I, I do think Gordon Hayward gets a little bit on him because Gordon Hayward, like you said, uh, you mentioned about game you know game one against Philly, he played pretty solid on defense, right? True. So Boston has the forwards, you know, the forward depth to you know small forward slash shooting guard depth to to uh, to do. To limit Kawhi Leonard, you know, from going Inferno on the Celtics. And even if he does go Inferno, Boston knows how to handle uh, teams 
that have one guy who can go Inferno, right? I mean, LeBron James, they do the same thing with him. Kawhi Leonard's Great. like a weak man's LeBron James. So, You know what I would do is I think I would like to slide Al Horford and kind of have Horford as a paint defender as his primary because you're not going to get uh, a perimeter shot from Justin Valanciunas. No. So you might as well just let him, if he wants to sit on the perimeter, let him do it and take the shots because you'd rather have him shoot from the perimeter 10 times than 10 times in the paint. And then kind of use Horford as like that balanced defender as well, you know, and bring Horford, you know, to kind of, so when Kawhi starts getting crafty, Horford can try to cut him off. I think we might probably see something like that. And I mean, that's always the benefit of having Al Horford because he's a, he's a, he's kind of the defensive captain of this team. And I mean, he's, he's going to be able to switch out, you know, in small, small portions onto Kawhi in, yeah, in the low, you know, the low, um, low post or, you know, when he gets. In oh, I wouldn't even ask for him to switch on him. I would just ask for him to be there to be in that, that general area because to cut off, uh, quite from the basket because you know he's long the chances of him blocking a shot on Kawhi, who's you know five feet from the basket is pretty good i would think so oh uh, i think i don't think you're gonna want him to switch on Kawhi because i think Kawhi would roast him alive because Kawhi's smaller and like you said more crafty that's why I said small doses in a very small dose. Al Horford, maybe not necessarily switch on to, but he will be there to at least make it tough on Kawhi inside. Like you're saying, right. that, would, that would be, that would be what I think I would have to do to try to limit him in this game. Cause he's going to, you're, you're going to, Kawhi's going to put up the shots from the perimeter, of course, but his real bread and butter is driving into the paint and getting those layups and those, short-range, mid-range shots. I think Boston has always typically done, at least since the Brad Stevens era, I think they do a lot of um, – Brad Stevens doesn't tend to over-defend over big-name big, big, big name players. Um, when we played LeBron James several times in the playoffs, they never really double-teamed him, to be honest with you. They typically let one guy out on him, and Brad Stevens does a lot of this um, – this strategy where it's just kind of like let the big guy do like he's he's gonna do what he's gonna do as long as you limit the guys around him you have a chance and I think that's how he's gonna probably play against Toronto I don't think he's gonna be super concerned about Kawhi Kawhi is gonna get his thirty points in my opinion I just think that as long as the other guys you know the supporting cast on that team um, is limited I think Boston's gonna walk out of Canada with a W okay I can I can see that but. I, I'm still concerned if I'm on this coaching staff because it's not just Kawhi and a bunch of walk-ons. You know, you've got you got you've, Justin Valanciunas can dominate the paint if you're not careful. You know, he's a guy he doesn't do it often, but he's capable of putting up twenty to thirty points. He's yeah, and I mean, collecting and yeah. collecting a ton of offensive rebounds and putting back a lot of balls. So. That's why him between him and uh, Lowry. That's why I'm concerned about Kawhi here because I want to limit him as well. I, I don't think it would be too much to ask, you know, a big inside defensive player like Horford to sort of look to cut off these inside 
baskets because that's where Kawhi's going to try to go. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think, but you know, going away from Kawhi though, you know, we have we have Kyle Lowry, we have Danny Green. Um, you know, those yeah. guys on the I mean, perimeter. You can see Danny Green a serious threat though. No, he's not. But I'm just talking about like you know, going around the supporting cast here. Um, Kyrie Irving. Okay, I, was, I was about to say Jalen Brown's going to dominate him. It's not even going to be close. Right, right. I'm just saying, you know, when we look at the supporting cast of this team, like who else is going to do anything besides Kawhi Leonard? This team is very good. Don't get me wrong, but Kyle Kyrie Irving is going to going to win that that matchup with Kyle Lowry. He's going to be like I said, he's going to bounce back strong. I'd expect a better game from him. Um, Kyle Lowry's a solid point guard, but he's no Kyrie Irving. Um, going around the around the horn here, you know, we got Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas down low, Al Horford. Um, God, we got a small ball lineup there. I expect a lot of Aaron Baines. I think Aaron Baines is going to play a big role to, uh, against Toronto because um, he's going to have to be that stout defender on a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, like you said, because um, mm. I think Aaron Baines is the kind of guy who can stand up toe-to-toe, you know, pound for pound with a guy as big as Jonas. Um, I think, you know, from top to bottom, Boston has the fit the matchup. You know, they're favored in this matchup. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say 2-0. and Dang. Right? Why not? They they gave me no indication in game one that they're that that they would lose game two. They're that good, man. Yes, I agree. If we're going off a of game one, there's no indication that they're ever going to lose a game this year. <laughs> but that's the point. It's game one. You know, they they came out and played solid. Don't take anything away from that. But at the same time, don't try to read into it and be like, yeah, they're go we're gonna see 82 and 0. Like not maybe not 82 and 0, but uh that does play into my uh my hot take. I got a hot take. Oh no. I know you got a hot oh, take. Oh no. I, I think I have an idea what this is gonna be. Oh <laughs> it's nothing too crazy. Um do you have any more thoughts on the Toronto game before we get into hot take time? Uh, no, I don't think I'm good. I'm good on this. Who's who's winning Toronto? Real quick, you you go two and zero or one and one. You're a betting man. I am a betting man. That is my problem. <laughs> it's not a game I would want to touch. Yeah, right. Not this early in the season, at least. Um. Yeah. You know, I'll say Boston by two. Ooh, by two. Close game. Okay. I like it. Uh, who hits the game-winning shot? Are we saying game-winning shot here? It's two, two, two points. Yes. Uh, it's got to be Kyrie. Kyrie and redemption. I like it. I like it. All right. Guys, John's calling a game-winner for Kyrie tomorrow. Or, gets wrong. <laughs> I love it. All right. I want to go over to my hot take now. Uh, you mentioned 82-0. We're not going to go 82-0. We're not going to go 73 and 9. We're not going to beat the Warriors. That's that's way extreme. But I do think this team has the capability of winning 66 games, which if you didn't know is the same amount of games the 08 Celtics won, the legendary big 3 08 Celtics won. I think this team team can win 66 games. That's not it's 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 a mild hot take, right? I think that's reasonable. It's 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 okay, in so reach. If we're, if we're looking at Buffalo Wild Wings, and we're looking at the wings chart. That's probably up there with like the mango habanero kind of hot take. <laughs> sweet, sweet but hot right there. I like so, it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it. 
Okay. You know, we should. We need to add that from now on. We need to pull up the <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings and classify our hot takes. I like it. All right. Give, All right. Hey, Anthony needs to get Buffalo Wild Wings on that and pay us for that. But um, my well, my okay. Real quick, my thinking here is: I think if you compare, we're not going to get too into this, but if you compare the OA team to this team, this team's deeper. This team is a little bit better, I think, talented-wise. Pure talent from top from man one to man fifteen. Um, and again, I think with the depth and the switchability that Brad Stevens has in order to make these lineup changes like he did we saw in game one, it's going to be hard for teams to keep up for 48 minutes on a nightly basis. So my thinking, I'm saying Boston wins 66 games this year. Um, they at least tie the 08 Celtics for their most wins in a season in, in franchise history. All right. All right. Well, we're calling it, we're calling it Mango Habanero Hot. My hot take is going to be a little bit harder, but you got to hear me out. It's one of those where you get an initial hot burst and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. And then there's a little catch afterwards that gives you, that pulls you into another bite. Okay. I'm scared. (laughs) Kyrie's not going to score 20 points against Toronto. What? You think he's going to have two bad games in a row? He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna struggle against Toronto initially with this shot, but he's gonna come back in the next two games. He's gonna the games that I happen to be covering, he's gonna score thirty plus both of them. Okay, but you think he's gonna have a, another bad game though against Toronto? As another one. He has another one that he's slow, that, that he's gonna score under twenty points. Okay, John, I'm I'm currently looking up Buffalo uh, Wild Wings flavor <laughs> right now because I need to find what the uh, the hottest one on this menu is here. No, what? That that's not terribly hot. I didn't think. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, I think Kyrie Irving's that kind of talent that like he's not going to have a bad game tonight in the row, right? Well, I just don't think. I'm not saying he's going to score seven points again. I'm just saying he might score seventeen. You know, okay. he might not just hit that that. 20-point mark right away. Let's see here. You are... What is that? Desert Heat? You're Desert Heat right now. That's where you're at. <laughs> you're as hot as the, as the Mojave Desert right now. Dang it. I was, not, I was not trying to be Porsche. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. That, Porsche's like <laughs> Earth's on fire. That's... that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, well, um, I like it. I mean... All right, we'll see. We'll see. You know, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say that Kyrie Irving drops 25. 25. Okay. 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 Do you think Boston can win 66 games? Possible, yes. Uh, Likely, no. Whose hot take is more likely to come to fruition? Is this a loaded question? Question. <laughs> Do you like the mango habanero or the desert heat more? I mean, personally, I'm a garlic parmesan guy. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, hey, man, that's going to, I think that'll have, end up wrapping this one up. It's getting late over here in uh, California. I know super late over there for you in uh, Tennessee. Um, yeah. Yeah, we started this podcast pretty late after that uh, 
you know, quick shout out to the Boston Red Sox going up three one in that series against Houston. Uh, go Boston over there. Hopefully they wrap it up in Game Five tomorrow. Um, John, any last words? No, nah, I think we're solid. We're set. All right, my uh, dude. Celtics. We're gonna we're gonna rock it out. Yeah, we'll 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 uh, we'll we'll reunite we'll reunite after uh, after Toronto. We'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, how wrong your hot take. You know how. How wrong your hot take was there after Toronto, but uh, that's going to go ahead and conclude another episode of the Boston Sports Extra Podcast, guys. Uh, remember, you can always catch us uh, just about anywhere: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio. Now, uh, you name it, we're there. Thank you all for giving us a listen, and be sure to stay tuned as we at Boston Sports Extra tirelessly work to bring Boston sports fans great, unbiased content each and every day. <laughs>